Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tonight, we're talking about a major winter storm here in Cincinnati and a major financial storm for Facebook. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner, along with Steve Strovac. Oh, Steve, days like this around here, they're tough. First of all, yeah, don't try going to Kroger because all the food, the bread, the eggs, they've been gone for days now. But this storm is legit without a doubt, right? Ice everywhere, yeah, turning to snow, not for, pretty. Forecasters in Cincinnati are notorious for the white death. You know, this massive storm is coming, <laughs> and then you get nothing or a little dusting. No, they were all over this one, and I'm glad they were because it's uh, it, it's it's scary. I, my wife is from Minnesota. We go up there all the time. And in wintertime, yeah, they're going to get a lot of snow. It doesn't melt. They deal with it, you know, and, and uh, you, you work your way through it. Uh, snow does not bother me. Ice? Yeah. yeah, ice bothers me. I remember high school physics and a body in motion tends to stay in motion. <laughs> yeah. Well, my big SUV is going to stay in motion, that's for sure. Yeah, well, the Insurance Information Institute found winter storms like this one actually caused a record $15 billion in insured losses. That's just in the first half of last year. Yeah, first uh, half. Right. So this is your home, right? This is when you're on the streets, which, you know, Steve, most people uh, kind of decided to stay home today. Um, <laughs> we, we, there were forecasts the out people. there. The we knew this was coming, home. and yet you went to the office today. The smart people stayed home. <laughs> well, it was fine this morning, you know, so what, what are you going to do? You oh. know, um, As the day wore on, though, it got worse and worse, and yeah, I um, uh, definitely cut out early because, uh, yeah, the salters are out, the plows, uh, I mean, they do a good job around Cincinnati, but, yeah. uh, you know, you, you can't you can't stay ahead of a storm like this like they try to. You can't pre-treat the roads when it's rain that turns to sleet, that turns to ice, that turns to snow. So, yeah, you just uh, please, I, I hope every Everybody has been careful and continues to be careful. Yeah. So now I think is a good time, though, to look at your insurance policy, right, your home insurance, and figure out exactly what's covered. Because, you know, I, I think it's even this weekend, the lows are 5 degrees, 10 yeah. degrees. Yeah, it's going like, to be chilly. Yeah. Anything, anything thawing out anytime soon, it doesn't look like it's going to happen. So look and see if frozen pipes are covered by your home insurance. Generally, it is. Um, but you have to be able to prove that like you didn't do anything stupid, right? Like you weren't letting water drip from your faucet when it's yeah. really cold or, yeah. you know, I always forget to unscrew the hose outside. <laughs> so there's That'll that water in the wall. Well, I learned that yeah. the hard way yeah. a few years ago when we had, um, a pipe burst because I forgot to pay attention to Oh, that. did you really? <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. That's that's not a lot of fun. And and I'll tell you something else. And and you know they generally your insurance policy is generally going to cover something like this unless you know there's a stupidity clause in there somewhere. I'm sure. <laughs> and, and you know when you go away, if you try to get out of Dodge and go to someplace warm, uh, if you're a cheapskate like me, you might say, well, let's just turn the heat down. Why am I heating up an empty house? Well, if you let the heat go down to a certain level, and some of those pipes are on an outside wall, um, they may burst, and your insurance company may 
push back on that. So, you know, I, I generally suggest, and, and what we do is uh, we try to keep it around 65 degrees when we're gone. That yeah. way it's, you know, it's, it's saving Still a little bit of enough. money. But yeah, yeah, yeah that's, that's a smart thing to do. If you're wondering if some kind of damage from snow and ice is covered by insurance, well, same thing here, right? Generally, it's covered unless you haven't had proper maintenance or proper insulation mm-hmm. or done something. So they'll come in and they'll take a you know a close look at it at like, hey, is this person just legitimately something bad happened to them or did they take you know, just not take the steps that they should to make sure that their house is properly maintained. So make sure that all of those things are kind of taken care of. Yeah. And, and this is this is a good time. Actually, before this stuff happens is a better time. But right. um, t- take a look at your limits. Um, we, we talk all the time about umbrella insurance. And, yep. and here's a perfect example. Somebody walks up your driveway or your sidewalk and they slip on the ice. OK, your insurance is going to cover you up to a point. And, you know, if you've got an umbrella co- uh, policy, which is basically the, what it sounds like, okay, you might only be covered to 100000 or 300000 for liability, and this person really got messed up and they've been in the hospital for a while, and they may say, that doesn't come close to covering my expenses, I'm going to sue you. Well, an umbrella coverage is over and above that that uh, that limit. And, and umbrella policies, Amy, they're, they're, they're cheap. Super affordable. For yeah, like a million yeah. dollars in coverage, it might be a couple hundred dollars. Yeah. At year. the most, yeah. Worth looking at. I yep. hope that um, my dog Garth doesn't think to file a claim because we sent him. <laughs> we sent him outside this morning, and he slid down the entire back stairs oh, into no the yard. I mean, we were already covered in ice then. And listen, if you do kind of sustain some kind of damage, three things you can do immediately: take pictures. Right. Mm -hmm. Take pictures to make sure that you have properly documented that way. If something melts or thaws or pipes burst and you can't see the exact amount of damage, you know, a week later when you can get someone, an insurance adjuster out there, well, you've got actually the proof of what happened. Uh, So this can accurately kind of support the severity of that damage. Uh, Try a temporary repair. It's okay unless unless it's a really bad idea. Right. (laughs) Unless you're getting on YouTube and someone's saying, like, take out a blowtorch and whatever. No, you generally don't. Do that to warm up pipes. No. Hair dryer, maybe. Blowtorch, nah. Exactly. (laughs) And then keep your receipts, right? If you're buying supplies or services that you need to submit as part of that claim, kind of just keep everything together in one place until you can get through to the insurance company and they can send someone out there to give you some help. So, you know, nobody loves days like these. Um, But yeah, I mean, if you couldn't go to work today, if you got a snow day like so many people did, well, it's a good time to maybe just pull out these policies, look at them and just make sure that you're covered. So, all right, we're going to turn our attention now from this particular winter storm to a different kind of a storm. And we're talking about Facebook's financial storm. Steve, this is really interesting what's kind yeah. of happened. So Facebook announcing a few, what is it, maybe a couple of months ago, the rebranding to Meta. Yeah. And Meta announcing today uh, the opposite of good earnings results for Q4. In fact, it's a kind of a dreadful outlook for the for Q1 of this year as well. It, it really is. And, and this, you know, even though I'm not a big fan of Facebook and I'm hoping maybe some people are, are chucking it, that's my personal opinion. Yeah. But a lot of people own stock in the company and it's a huge, huge organization. I, I think a lot of people um, felt that this was going to just keep growing and growing and growing. Um, I don't know if this is a temporary uh, temporary situation or a, a big old wake-up call, but yesterday they announced fourth quarter results and their profits have not been increasing. Matter of fact, they, they were kind of surprised in 
in a bad way. Um, they were estimating $3.84 earnings per share. It actually was $3.67 earnings per share. It doesn't sound like a lot, but it's a big deal, and it caused a whole lot of selling to come in. On top of that, their first quarter outlook for revenues, they, they were estimating somewhere around $30 billion dollars. Nah, 27 to 29, and and usership is actually break-even, maybe even going backwards a little bit. These are big surprises. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55KRC. We're looking at the storms, right? The storm hitting the tri-state, but also a financial storm hitting Facebook. So you have a couple of things going on here. And first of all, Facebook has been known as just a growth stock, right? Sure, sure. Since the moment they hit the scene, they have been growing and growing and growing. Well, I think they've got two factors, two major headwinds. First of all, I think there's some people who, to your point, are walking away from Facebook. Uh, you know, just yeah. there's some people who like Instagram better. They're going to different social media platforms. Or I think during this pandemic, some people just got tired of kind of getting on there all the time and they're trying to find a different outlet. So what Facebook is seeing is the number of users that they've traditionally had and the growth that they see month after month is actually going backwards. Yeah, that's shocking. At this point. Yes, it is. That's shocking. And it's not just, you know, let's talk about social media and social trends. It's the seventh largest component of the Standard & Poor's 500. So, you know, you might have 450 stocks on the S&P 500 going up on a particular day. And if Facebook or Meta goes backwards, you might see the S&P go down just because of their direction. So news comes like this out, uh, like this comes out, it's got a big impact on on the S&P and any index fund. Well, in everyone's 401k, right? You might not own individual stock and Meta, but I'm pretty sure uh, your 401k probably in some way, way, shape or form owns a piece of this company. And, you know, it's funny because they're pointing at Apple. Uh, They're pointing, in fact, directly at Apple and saying, listen, this is this is what's happening to us. So and you probably notice this right when you get on your devices these days, it'll ask you, do you want us to share um, your your private information, right? Your settings, your location, those kinds of everything. Well, well, now that you've got it in front of your face every time you get on an app, I think most people are going to say no, thanks, but no thanks. Well, the issue for Facebook on that is that they were able to sell really targeted ads to advertisers Mm -hmm. because they knew, Steve Sprovac, this is where you are. These are the kinds of articles that you look at, so you must be You are the product. Right. So you're the product to them, and they're selling you and your information to an advertiser. Well, now, they can't be so targeted for those advertisers, and those advertisers are now pulling millions and millions of dollars away from Facebook, saying, hey, if we can't get what we used to get from you guys to spend these advertising dollars. And and the result is a major slide for Facebook. And because you're right, because they are such a big chunk of so many of these indexes because they're just a behemoth, yeah. uh, that stock being down is something everybody's probably going to feel the impact of. Yeah, no, no question about it. I'll tell you one last thing that we're, we're uh, keeping an eye on, jobless claims. Yep. Uh, jobless claims week ending last week, 238,000. uh, A little bit lower than the estimate, but this just once more shows again the high demand for labor. There are jobs to be had. This is another sign of a really, really strong economy, Amy. Later in the show, I talked to Chris Nysik, and he is a huge researcher for the UC Economic Center, yeah. and he breaks down the local numbers, right? And and I was I'm really interested in okay, is this a, a trend that we're seeing nationally but not locally? And um, I think he's probably feeling pretty strongly that if you are thinking about making a move. 
you can still make that move because this weird kind of situation that we have right now in the labor market where kind of the employee, right, the worker yep. is holding the cards. We keep saying, hey, like, take advantage of it while you can. The window's going to start closing. It's going to start closing, but that window might be a little longer, yeah. open a little longer, maybe yeah. than we had originally anticipated. If you can't listen to Simply Money every night, subscribe to our weekly podcast. It's the best of Simply Money on the iHeart app or wherever you find your podcasts. Straight ahead, what do Jeff Bezos, a super yacht, and the Cincinnati Bengals all have in common? We've got your answer in three minutes. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Strovak. Coming up at 643, four ways to raise financially responsible children. Interesting. Two of the most powerful entities in the world are making headlines tonight. One of those entities, a person actually, Jeff Bezos. Um, some people, this is, I, I think we can file this actually like under stupid human financial tricks because some people Man. have so much money, they don't know what to do with this. Jeff Bezos, of course, having this huge super yacht that's being built uh, and it's in the Netherlands and he can't figure out a way now to get it out <laughs> of where it's being built in Rotterdam because the bridge is too low for his ginormous yeah. arc of a yacht to get through. This this is like the guy who builds something in his basement, a piece of furniture or something that doesn't fit out the door, <laughs> yes. only on a much larger scale. But I, I realize we've got something in common because I had a boat when I was in eighth grade. I found a, a duck boat, an aluminum little tiny rowboat in yeah. the garbage and, and, you know, fixed it up, patched it up, put a little motor on it. And I had I had my own boat. So, you know, we, we do have that in common. That's, this, that's this, a stretch, Steve. You realize that's a bit of that's a stretch. That's a big stretch. <laughs> this thing... Have you seen pictures of this? It's seen, huge. Yeah. So apparently the issue is the bridge is too low, right, yeah. in Rotterdam to yeah. get this super yacht through. And, you know, most people would throw up their hands and say, I don't know what I'm going to do with the super yacht. I guess I have to fly to the Netherlands every time I want to get on it. <laughs> we'll have to flood the Netherlands to get exactly. it out where it was built. <laughs> I'm honestly surprised that he didn't go there because there yeah. is precedent for a, a ginormous flood, right? Uh, <laughs> But what he has decided to do is pay that city to dismantle this bridge yeah. so that he can get the yacht through and then they can put the bridge back together. Keep in details, mind this bridge. Details. I think this bridge Pocket was change. built in the, what, 1870s or yeah. something? Like, it's insanely historical. <laughs> Yet, what the local area is saying is, hey, this is actually like a boon to our economy. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's definitely we'll do it. He's providing up. jobs. Hey, he spent $500 million on this boat. <laughs> so, so, you know, if it it's takes, I don't know, what's it take to dismantle and, and remantle a, a bridge? $5 yeah. million, $10 million? Pocket change. Nothing. Details. This is a man who has made a career out of logistics and workarounds, right? I mean, he <laughs> he has figured out how to do things that none of us could have ever imagined even 10 years ago. So I guess why would we be surprised that he can do this with a super yacht? For those who get a job or make some money off of this, I don't know. Good for you. The other major entity in the news that we want to talk about, you know, the NFL. We're going to call them the No Fun yeah, League. Yeah, no lie. So excited about the fact that there could be a watch party at Paul Brown Stadium because, you know, it's been 30 plus years, three decades since we've been able to get together yeah. and celebrate yeah. and watch a game. Uh, and, and for anyone who thought about it, well, 
great if you can like sell a kidney, but it's not cheap to get out there. So this kind of, um, and it was really actually, I think Alicia Reese, right? Hamilton County Commissioner yeah. who yeah, kind of came up with this idea, uh, went to the people at Paul Brown Stadium and said like, hey, can we do this, right? Can we bring fans hey, we, in here? We own the stadium. Yeah. We oh, own yeah. the stadium. Interesting Let's just detail do it. there. Yeah. 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 And the NFL came back and said, ah, uh, I don't know. Yeah, a lot of know, logistical issues to this. Here's COVID. the mistake. Here's <laughs> the mistake they made. Yeah, COVID's in L.A. too. Yet they're still having a Super Bowl, right? Right. So, you know what, what's still it? Still packing it's, them in there. So much garbage, and you know it's about the money. You know yeah. the NFL can't make money off of it, so they're not going to let you. The mistake that the county made, Amy, is they asked permission. They should have asked forgiveness after the fact. Hey, here's my solution. I, I mean, you can you can stream on you know an iPad. I think we should go down there and stream stream it on the iPad and get somebody that knows a little more about technology than you or me. Just sling it from our iPad to that big old screen of Paul Brown Stadium and invite thirty thousand of our best friends. I was going to say, let's just I'm, do it. I, 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 I can see you down there with 30,000 of your best friends holding up an <laughs> iPad. Like, can everyone see? Because I can't figure out how to get yeah. this well, on well, I wouldn't be the IT guy. Exactly. <laughs> yes. No, you would definitely need to draft some help there. All right. So the Federal Reserve is set for its most aggressive kind of liftoff period that we've seen in decades. We've gone from like zero interest rates, and we know they're planning some pretty significant interest rate hikes over the next year in order to try to keep inflation in check. And I think there's a lot of people out there that are saying, okay, well, this is making me worried because last time we saw this 2015, you know, is our economy strong enough for this? And I think it's important to talk about some very different, some huge distinctions, right, between now and what we had, the situation that we had in our economy back in 2015. Yeah, I, I agree with you. And, and it is totally different. I, I kind of wish they would quit talking about it and just do something. But, yeah. I, you know, when we were coming out of 2008, and, and it took a while for the economy to come back, because that, that was that was seriously very, very close to a financial collapse. Well, we're not, we didn't go through a financial collapse. Uh, yeah. What we went through was an artificial recession. Yeah. The, the the government said, we're, we're shutting down shutting the economy, down. and then we're going to reopen it. So everything was humming along just fine going into the whole pandemic and, and close the economy, reopen it. And for that period of time where people were kind of, you know, just, you know, twiddling their thumbs, staying at home, they saved a lot of money. And so once we reopened the economy, boom, it took off. I mean, it was humming along beforehand, but it took off like crazy. So um, we're having the problem we're having is not trying to come out of uh, a monster recession and almost a depression like in 2008. Problem we've got is the economy is so strong that it's overheating and we've got inflation. Yeah. This is a good problem that I hope is temporary, but it's it's not the same. Well, and as you dig into kind of these differences where they are, right, we didn't have inflation where it was in 2015. We're right. kind of seeing that the... the Hottest inflation that we've seen in 40, 40 years. years. Yeah. Yes. And so, you know, I think that's why the Fed is saying, like, we kind of have to do this to get this in check. And to your point, Steve, I think there's a lot of people who are saying, um, we've been talking about this for a long time. Like, let's get going here. The labor market, though, right, which is something else, right? Night One of the day. Fed's dual night mandates. Night and day. Think yeah. back to 2015. We were just coming out. We weren't just coming, but... It was a huge it was recession. Yes, there we, were a lot of were pe- still weak. Yeah, people lost their jobs. Uh, companies closed down. This was a, a monster. Like I said, it was almost a depression, and, and the jobs were really, really slow coming back. We got the opposite problem right now. We we have people that you know have their pick of jobs. People are leaving their jobs without anything in line because they know that there's two or three things that are going to fall in their lap. Just give it another day or two, and and they'll be fine. That's the big difference. 
the economy is super strong and the Fed needs to and is, starting in March, it looks like, going to start raising interest rates at least three times this year, maybe as many as four or five times this year. Yeah. And I mean, I think for anyone who is just dealing with on a very practical level, the price being more expensive at the pump, at the grocery store or whatever, I understand this feels like piling on. Like, wait, why are we doing this, raising interest rates? Like, If you carry credit card debt or something like that, you'll definitely have to manage that. Yeah. But this is kind of what's necessary for the Fed to do to pull that back down. Here's a Simply Money point. The Fed is in uncharted territory. Inflation is high, but the labor market and economy are both strong right now. So expect, though, some continued volatility as the Fed kind of makes these moves this year. Coming up, a look at the local job market, some insights from UC's Economic Center that might surprise you. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money tonight. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. You know, there's a lot of talk out there about the labor market and the unprecedented times that we're in right now, about the fact that as an employee, you might have more leverage than you've ever had before. But what does it look like locally? Chris Nysik is a co-director of research for the UC Economic Center, and he's been digging into that very thing. Um, Chris, let's talk about the trends that we're seeing locally. Do they mirror kind of what we're seeing on the national stage? Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Absolutely. So nationally and locally, we keep seeing employers having a really hard time locking down new talent. Uh, It's just the labor force is incredibly tight right now with a lot of opportunity for employees and employers are more or less struggling to, to fill vacancies. Uh, moving forward, we're seeing a new poll put out by the conference board that looks at both employers and employees and employers across the country uh, in January still suggested that they're having a difficult time finding candidates while employees were saying that they had more opportunity than, than they've had in uh, the recent history. It's definitely an interesting time. And I know the research that you looked at also broke this down, men versus women. What did you see there? Absolutely. So historically, since about the 1950s, we've seen the labor force participation rate, so the number of people that are either looking for work or employed, uh, steadily gone down for males from about 85% in 1950 uh, to just under 70% uh, as of last month. 
Wow. For women, however, in 1950, we saw the labor force participation rate at just over 30 percent. Then it more or less peaked uh, in 2000 at 60 percent, and now it's just hovering just below 60. So while there is a difference, we are seeing more or less uh, those two, the male and female rates, start moving toward the same direction. And anecdotally, Chris, um, I've you know heard from people who maybe were forced to um, leave their jobs during the pandemic. Either they got laid off or their kids were home and they didn't have anything that they could do with them. Is, the, is that bearing out in the numbers that you're seeing? Is there some kind of uneven return to the labor market because of that kind of thing? There certainly is. And we are seeing that across the entire economy, but <clears throat> we're also seeing that highlighted in specific industries that hybrid work environments or work at home, when those situations just aren't possible, people have to take care of their kids. Yeah. So in occupations where individuals have that flexibility, uh, we can generally expect employment to still stay high. Uh, but yeah, individuals in retail, restaurants, hospitality, it's really difficult to find an occupation that you can do work from home. You're listening to Simply Money tonight here on 55 KRC. We are joined by Chris Nysik. He's a director of research for the Economic Center at UC with a look at what the picture of the local labor market looks like. Uh, and Chris, you're talking about immigration as well and how that plays into all of this. So with COVID and borders becoming more difficult to cross, immigration is absolutely uh, affecting the number of individuals in the labor force. Usually we can expect immigration more or less to bolster the economy and add uh, to our bench strength. But when we have to close borders due to COVID, uh, that's, that's a limited issue in terms of supplying new work to, to the economy. And also wage stagnation. I know this is something that we dealt with kind of for several years before the pandemic. It seems to me like maybe that's going back up, but what are you seeing? Well, we are seeing some stagnation wages. The last time the federal minimum wage uh, had a meaningful movement was about 2009. So the purchasing power of that minimum wage has been going down for more than 10 years now. Uh, in 2022 alone, uh, about 26 states across the country are likely going to be increasing a minimum wage, Ohio being one included. Uh, we are seeing uh, four or five states in the next few years reaching minimum wages of about $15 an hour, which it seems uh, in the media world that to be more or less a magic number. Mm. Uh, that number would be the highest in terms of purchasing power since uh, about 1950 as well. Christy, I know you spend a lot of time looking at these numbers from a, a number of different perspectives, but on a practical level, as you kind of look at what the picture looks like here locally um, in the labor force, what would you say the takeaway is for workers? What do we need to keep in mind? What are our opportunities? For workers, uh, I'd say your opportunities are there is a, an availability of jobs. So if you're interested in reskilling or upskilling, switching industries, getting different occupational training, Right now might be a good time to do that. Uh, if you're trying to re-enter the workforce, again, right now would be a great time to do so because there are so many jobs out there uh, in the economy. If you're an employer, uh, considering, I know this might sound taboo, but considering wage increases as an additional incentive to return to work, also having hybrid work environments when available uh, might be another way to bolster your, your bench strength and bolster your employees.
I think you make a great point there because I think for a lot of people who never thought about it, right, we were all kind of used to that nine to five or whatever that is being there. Uh, this pandemic has made a lot of people realize that I like the flexibility of working from home or having a hybrid schedule. And, you know, Chris, one thing that we've been talking about on the show a lot is how long does this last, right? I mean, yes, right now, if you want to say take this job and shove it, you're probably in a better position than you ever have been in the past. Um, but it almost seems like this situation might be lasting a little bit longer than at first we had anticipated. I think that's a great point. Uh, I personally, a year ago, didn't think <clears throat> the ongoing existence of hybrid environments would, would still be the case today. Absolutely but, not. No, trying to look in the uh, glass ball to see the, the future, it looks like hybrid's here to stay. And just anecdotally, I know uh, at my office, I expected there to be a slight ding in productivity at first with work-from-home hybrid and then us to ramp back up. And then I honestly thought that that productivity would more or less fade the longer we were out of the office, but that just hasn't been the case. Uh, personally, I know I'm as productive or more productive with, with a hybrid environment. So yeah. I think that's something that the new economy, it's, it's around to stay. I know I kind of joked that a couple of weeks ago I was back in the office for a day and then I came home and did my work that night <laughs> because I think it's we're, we're get, like we're reacquainting ourselves with each other. We're using kind of the, the office as more of a, a social or a collaborative place, uh, but we're used to kind of working alone at home. And then I'm also wondering, Chris, what you're seeing as far as, you know, for those who are thinking about making that leap into looking at something else or, or telling the boss, thanks, but no thanks, uh, do they have some time or do do you see this environment that we're in, this leverage that they have right now, going away soon? I think the economy will allow for some time. I mean, right now we've experienced COVID-19, the Delta variant, Omicron, and now the stealth variant yeah. just got announced a few days ago. So who knows what's next? I think the economy will continue to allow work from home and hybrid work environments uh, for the foreseeable future. And again, it's potentially more profitable for employers to save money on those utilities bills. If the office is only open a few days a week, you might need fewer desks, less office space. So if productivity doesn't wane with working from home, it's a win-win. Very interesting insights tonight from Chris Nysek. He's a director of research at the UC Economic Center on the picture of the local job force. You've been listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. Do you have a tax refund coming your way? Well, we've got some suggestions on what you should do with it before you just spend it. How much do you talk to your kids about money? You know, Steve and I, you and I have talked several times yeah. through the years. Um, you grew up in a household where money wasn't talked about. It was about. a stress point. No, nope, yes. never came up. We did some uh, when I was growing up, but I think your you family I, was really open about it. Weren't yeah, they? well, and we're incredibly open now. Yeah, um, you yeah. know, and I think you probably raised your kids in that way. Oh, I broke the chain on that. You bet. <laughs> yeah, not, not that important. we've got a lot of money, but I wanted kids. I, I wanted my kids to to not 
fear the discussion, to, to be open about yes. it. If you don't have the money, you don't have the money. Yeah, You know, I, I see so many parents when you're out shopping with, with your kids when they're young and you see other parents with young kids, uh, you know, we can't afford that. Just don't don't even think about it, you know, and it, it becomes a, a stress point on the kids. And, 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 you know, I just wanted to have nice open discussions with, with the boys when they were young. And it pays off because now they're both very open about money. They're both very good about money. And these are lessons, not just in child raising, but in, in finance. You're, you're, you're kind of teaching your kids what money is and how it plays into their lives and what they want to do. And if you want to kind of break any kind of cycle, right, that you have seen maybe in your past, uh, make sure making sure that your kids know these things is the best way to keep them from living paycheck to paycheck, yeah. getting into debt, all of those things. So the number one thing we would say is the importance of looking at your money and kind of putting it in three different pots. How much are you going to spend? Mm-hmm. But more importantly, how much are you going to save? And then also a huge component of this is how much are you going to give away or yeah. donate? Yeah, I, I, I think those are three good points. And, and you know, we're involved with the STEP program out of the University of Cincinnati, yeah. and, and they, they hit on these points also. They're teaching kids in, in elementary school, actually, um, to, to think about how much do you spend, how much do you save, how much do you donate. Yeah, you know, you make money because you need to, you need to live. You're going to spend a portion of it, but it's nice once, as soon as you get that dollar, maybe even while you're earning it, before you get it, hey, you know, I'm doing this for this purpose. This money's going in for that purpose, but I also want to save some. And especially when a parent starts starts to walk the walk and donate for a good cause and explain to your children, hey, this is why I do this. Not everybody's in, in lucky enough to be in the shape that we're in. Let's help some other people. Um, that's a rule that stays with them for life. And then allow your kids to earn money, right? I mean, yeah. and, and I know I have friends who from the youngest age, their kids had an allowance and they had three different cups and, you know, spend, save and donate. No and kidding. they would put the money into those cups. And, you know, they were making like, you know, a dollar yeah. a week or whatever. And they were putting quarters into them when they were, you know, maybe four, five, six years old. But how powerful to kind of understand that. And I do think though some of this might be nature versus nurture, because last night we were out to dinner. It was my daughter Grace's 16th birthday. So she wanted right. to go out to dinner. Uh, so I'm sitting between my two kids and my son tries his mom, you never talk about me on the show. And I think it's because this kiddo like has the money situation down. So we're looking at the menu and I say to Grace, what are you going to order? The steak, right? The most, imp- like, the most expensive thing on right. the menu. Right. And Trey goes, Grace, that's the most expensive thing on the menu. You shouldn't <laughs> order that. And I thought, this is sinking in for one of you. Yeah, yeah. Um, the other one, I don't know, might take some time or it might be when it's her own money. But to the point, really earning an allowance where you have to make those decisions. And I see it all the time. When my kids have think I'm going to spend the money on it, their decisions are far different than if it's their money. Oh, yeah. And and I saw this when, when our kids were growing up in, you know, junior high, high school. And, you know, some parents just give their kids everything. You know, it's just here's yeah. your allowance. Here's your new car. Here's everything. Uh, that wasn't going to happen in my house. No. Nope. And, and, you know, even for allowance, we never really set an allowance. We said, hey, we've got certain things we could use some help for, and I'll give you 20 bucks for this if you do it. 25 but and here, here's how it backfired on me we had a, a very large backyard much smaller front yard so i would tell them okay i'll pay you 20 bucks um to cut the grass in the front yard 25 bucks for the back and all of a sudden the back grass started getting really long <laughs> it's and, like a and, jungle in your well, backyard and, said, and your front yard is pristine. and i try to figure this out and well he said you know it only takes 10 minutes to do the front dad it's about 45 minutes to do the back <laughs> 
You know, so so they learned about Risk the time versus reward. the time value of money at an early age. I couldn't. I, I had to adjust my pricing at at after that. But you know, I give them credit. Hey, they thought this through a little bit. Let's take advantage of Dad's deal. I love it. I love yeah. it. And with the giving back, you know, at a young age, as you're kind of modeling that to your kids, ask them. Right, where is their heart lie? Do they love animals? Well, you can talk about the impact they can make um, on charities that help animals or foster children. Right. There's so many opportunities out there. One of my favorite things that Jason and I do with our kids um, is we give them a set amount of money on one day of the year. And we all go out and the the only thing that they're allowed to do with that money is to make a difference. Oh, it it has been the coolest thing from ridiculous over the top tips right yeah. at, a, at a restaurant i mean and we'll go to frishes we'll go to places where like people are busting their butts and probably yeah. not making a ton of money in yeah. tips um you know you know people who are singing outside of finley market all kinds of things but but the cool and beautiful ways that they choose to make a difference has been so cool um but another thing to do is the conversation about college I would say it has to start early. Yeah, start it early, but don't make it a stress point because it's a stress point for the parents. You know, <laughs> I, I mean, don't tell a kid, yeah, you got to save up fifty grand a year, so that's two hundred thousand dollars, and you're only six, uh, Johnny. But uh, you better start socking up. I wouldn't do that, but make make sure they know it's 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 going to be um, it's going to be a little bit of a stretch for the parents. And I, in my case, I just ask the kids to pay, you know, some of their fees. You, yeah, you know, um, why, they need why to have some skin in the game, they regardless have to. of the fact yeah. of. If if you have opened a 529 for them, and we would highly yeah. recommend that, right. you know, you have a plan for them to college for college, but you also include them in the conversation. Um, it's funny when we were talking about the Super Bowl, my daughter said, I, Mom, this could happen only once in my lifetime. I think we should all go. Right. And I was like, <laughs> She's working. you. <laughs> oh, she knows how to work. And I said, that is the cost of college tuition for yeah. a year. Right. I, I didn't not, know you didn't want to go to college. <laughs> yes. If you want to if you want to not go to freshman year, yeah. um, that's great. We'll all go to L.A. But make sure that you're having these conversations with your kids. So important. Here's a simply money point. Even if you grew up in a home that never talked about money, break that cycle in your home. Your kids, your grandkids will thank you for it. Before you go planning that next trip with your tax refund, we've got some suggestions for you that will make an impact long term. You're listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. You're listening to Simply Money. I'm Amy Wagner along with Steve Sprovac. You know, you could buy new furniture, maybe go on a vacation with that tax refund this year. And let's face it, Steve, we've all done that at some point, right? You're getting some kind of money coming in, tax refund or otherwise. Yeah. And your brain immediately goes to, what fun thing could I do with that? And we're not fun sponges around here. You know, we definitely- Some of us might not be. splurge every once in a while, but I would say um, if you are getting money that's coming back from taxes, there are some things you can do with it that can have a a huge long-term impact. But also, don't be gunning for that, like, huge refund because it's not the best thing. Well, and and that's the thing. I, I, I don't get why, and some people, this is the only way they know how to save is by, you know, giving the government your money. For it's savings. your money that you're getting back. Exactly. Yeah. So if you get a big refund, my question is, why are you doing that? Why don't you dial in the, the withholding a little bit tighter so you still get maybe a little money back, but not yeah. a, a big refund? Because you're letting the government have your money. They're not paying any interest, and you're just getting your own money back. You could accomplish the same thing through payroll deduction or automatically into a savings account. 
But with that said, yeah, let's let's do some smart things, you know. Yeah, you can spend it and have some fun. But I, I'll tell you, my number one favorite, Amy, is pay down your credit card debt if you're carrying a balance. There's Absolutely. a there's a 17, 18 percent rate of return right there. Pad your emergency fund. If you don't yep. have an emergency fund, that's also a great thing to do it. Home renovations. I know a lot of people are doing these right now because you're stuck at home. You're not doing maybe as much as you did pre all this pandemic starting. Just make sure that whatever you're putting money into that investing that money into, you're actually going to see some kind of return on your investment. And there's all kinds of research and articles out there about kind of which investments make sense and which ones are purely for you, but you might not get a return on that investment. Yeah, and and, and uh, you, you mentioned the emergency fund. Amy, I see so many people getting ready to retire, and they've been very efficient loading up on their 401k plans. They've certainly got the money, and they have minimal dollars sitting in an emergency fund. Mm-hmm. It's not necessarily because your brakes go out. It's because you need that for the sleep factor when you retire. So, yeah, three to six months of uh, spending in an emergency fund. If you're not there, maybe add the, the tax refund to it. Contribute to a retirement account. Talk about making a long-term impact. Uh, if you don't put money into an IRA, looking to put money in an IRA sure. every year. I think you, you max it out at 6000 Whatever you can put toward it, you're going to be glad you did later. An additional mortgage payment. If you've got a 30-year mortgage, right, just making an additional payment every year. If you look out over the course of that 30 years, you'll end up paying that mortgage off far more quickly than you otherwise would. And that's a great thing if you can do it on an annual basis. So just a number of things that you can do. Donate the money uh, if you don't need it. Um, but there's a lot of things you can do that will have a long-term impact, impact far beyond maybe that couch or that vacation. You've been listening to Simply Money here on 55KRC, the talk station. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.